Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. All right. Back. All right, kids. Get back into the, you know, Come it's, on in. it's weird, you know, like. I still think of myself, Jacob, as a kid. Yeah. So, like, I say, come on, kids, get back in here. Like, I'm being joking. But then I had this thought in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm actually, like, older than half the Pittsburgh Steelers roster right now. Like, I watch college that football games. That is a weird feeling. I watch college football games now, and you're the same way, too. It's just, like, these are kids well, now. Like, Stetson Bennett's pretty old, though. 45, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> He's, like, the Tom Brady of college football. Uh, but it's just, like, I watch them, and I'm just, like, these kids out here, and it's just, like, now they are kids, and, oh, God, I'm getting old. Uh, we are. Not 30 yet, though. That's it. That's but right. a big part of being old is putting on your teacher hat and grading performances of other people. That's exactly what we've been doing on the Steelers Standard today. We hit the offensive side of the ball. If you missed that episode, you make sure you go ahead and give that a listen. Hear what we did for the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, fullbacks, offensive line, grades given out for all of them. On the defensive side of the ball, start up front and work our way to the back. Let's start with the defensive line. I'm going to give the defensive line a B this year. And it was a defensive line that I think was better than last year's, even though Cam Hayward was a Freaking freak of nature last year. I almost said a really bad word there. That's how great he was wow. last year. But other than that, I mean, they were abysmal against stopping the run. I mean, you they people just ripped through that Steelers mm-hmm. defensive line, ripped through that it was Steelers a one-man linebacking show. core. Yes. This year, it's not. He's got a nice little Robin there in Ogunjobi, and that's an interesting guy to evaluate this offseason. Do you bring him back? Do you not? What's the price going to be? It has to be right in the Steelers' mind, I'm sure, to bring him back, but can you really afford to not bring that piece back. Uh, but those two really emerged as good to great defensive linemen. And I say Cam emerged because Cam had a bad start to the season. Mm-hmm. Cam didn't have a breakout year this year. But from the first half to the second half, he emerged back into that elite form that he might be an AP number two defensive lineman this year. He might be number one. I mean, who knows? Aaron Donald didn't exactly have his usual coast my way to AP number one honors right. year. So. He'll definitely be up for AP awards. Uh, Cam will be. And what a strong finish to the season. Larry O, Steelers get lucky. Yeah. Injury problems force the Bears. The Steelers have been taking advantage of the Bears' mistakes for 365 days now with Larry O and Chase Claypool. So the Bears might want to stop doing business with the Steelers. It doesn't, it never seems Uh to go well with them. 
Well, they didn't really do business with the Steelers. Anytime you see that, they just kind of messed up the Larry O thing, and the Steelers took advantage. Anytime you see that four one two area code pop up, stay away. Put that right to voicemail now. Uh, They did not take advantage of the Chase Claypool thing. The Steelers took advantage of them there. Uh, But yeah, so he gets injured. He doesn't sign his big deal with Chicago. Steelers get him. I can't imagine where they would have been without him this year. And uh, and that's a guy. It would have been kind of reminiscent of last year. And that's a guy who was fighting through injuries all Mm -hmm. year long too. Like it wasn't like he was completely healthy after the Bears decided not to sign him. Like he was injury riddled, and he's probably going to be for his entire career. But man, did he improve that off defensive line so much? And what stinks is you saw a guy fall by the wayside in Alu Alu. That guy's career, I think, is just done. It's Uh, done. Former first round pick, really good years here in Pittsburgh. It's just time for him to hang it up. But with him going down, you saw a number three emerge in the likes of a Montrevious Adams, mm-hmm. who got a lot of snaps down the stretch of the season. I think you saw Chris Wormley step up before he had to go before on. Before he had IR. to go down, yeah. So I give it a B. There still could be a lot to be desired, and I think that it has the potential to be worse than a B next year if you go into this offseason and kind of and stand don't adjust. Pat. Yeah. You got to add one more piece to that unit to at least maintain that B status. But, I mean, they sacked the quarterback, Ogunjobi and Hayward. Hayward had double-digit sacks this year. Ogunjobi had a couple sacks himself. They stopped the run to the tune of being a top-10 run-stopping mm-hmm. defense. So that's, I'll give them a B then. I'm going to go B+, plus because the play outside of Cam Hayward, you know, we keep mentioning grading on a curve. First half of the season, B, B-, minus. second half of the season, A, out of Cam Hayward. I mean, he he just returned to form in that second half. Expect him to make another All Pro roster, uh, despite the 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 lackluster. But it's it's not even lackluster; it's just lackluster for Cam, right? When you when you do it in relation to others, he's still among the best defensive linemen in the NFL. And to see him not just say, "Well, am I getting old here? Like I'm really my game is really slowed down." To see him not just give up on the season and really turn it around maybe was very impressive to me. And then the addition of Lario. Lario contributing to the run stop, and then the combo of Wormley and Adams as that third guy, not having to worry about being the combination of the second guy, right, really helps your defensive line. And I think with the addition of a possible another piece, whether free agency or the draft, that defensive line can really shape out to be a, 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 a formidable unit. And let's not forget, I mean, they, the Steelers still went out and they got DeMarvin Leal this this. Oh, I'm so this glad you brought him up. I forgot yeah. about him. Yeah, that's a guy who's got a lot of potential. I don't know where he fits in that defensive line. He's a bit undersized. But at like least you have, you, have, you have your two guys in, in Cam and Lario. And you feel comfortable. And then you have three guys behind them in be- between Wormley and Adams and... And Leal and Leal, you have right, your two guys assuming Cam doesn't walk away, which I don't think he will. Right, Tomlin kind of put the kibosh. But you on also that. have to make sure that and Lario comes back. You got to bring him back. Lario and Adams and Wormley. Yes, all well, three. I'd bring back Adams and Lario. I think I'd let Wormley go if you're going to bring in somebody else. Because then you got Wormley, you got Leal, you've got Louder Milk still. Don't forget, bring in another guy, bump everybody down. I think you're good. Uh, Wormley was fi- fine, but I think it's time to get rid. Tough decisions. And just have you to be have made. the depth pieces, you just can't stay stagnant, right? Especially when your premier, premier member of that unit is 
any season now he could age mm-hmm. out. It's just reality. And then I'll, so I'll say the play of Cam Hayward, the depth pieces behind him. Play of Cam Hayward, I'd give an A. That's what I just yeah, yeah. That's what I said. And then the improvement against the run defense on the run. I mean, stop. that's an A plus. That's the most they've improved at from last year to this year is yeah. their run defense. I, I guess you could say number two, looking at both sides of the ball, is the offensive line. Yeah, I mean. I mean in general, running the football, the yeah, both sides of the ball, both sides. defense and offense. So because of that, that improvement, that's why I would give it a B plus. Only thing holding it back from an A is the fact that it's not like a a Cam Hayward and a Stephon to it. Like Lario was a good piece, but he wasn't at that level where Stephon to was playing a couple years ago. Inside linebackers, you gotta go F, right? I put an F. Yeah. I went F. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if it's you were going to go I mean, that harsh or no, not. No, it's, it's, it's an F. I don't think that any of them should be back next year. I, I, I would think the one that's most likely is, is probably Robert Spillane. It is Spillane. Spillane's the yeah. most likely to be back. I would be only comfortable with him being back if he is a true number four, number three inside linebacker. But how not are you going to do that one. if you're leaving, if you're letting go of Miles Jack and I don't know. Devin it's Bush. a tough, tough – this is their trickiest position group to handle. I don't know if it's necessarily their biggest need right now, but it is their trickiest one to navigate. And I agree with you that – I mean, Spillane became the number one linebacker this year. At the end of the season, right. he was playing more snaps than both of them. Bush got essentially benched in the last mm-hmm. two games of the season. Tomlin said it wasn't based on injury; it was matchup yeah. based. So, uh, you can you know read into that and say, oh, just a bad matchup between the Ravens and the Browns. That's fine. Uh, uh, other teams, Devin Bush will be out there a lot more. You play the Ravens and the Browns more than any other teams in the NFL. If you're a bad matchup for your division opponents, you're not going to stay on playing. the roster. Yeah. That's six games up for grabs every year that you're a bad matchup for. That's not why we drafted you right. in the first round moving up to get you. You're supposed to be the game breaker in mm. division games like You're that. supposed you're, to be the number four guy. You're supposed defense. to saddle Mark Andrews down when you play the Ravens. You're supposed to stuff Joe Mixon every single time he touches the ball when you play the Bengals. Yeah, like, you were supposed to be that fourth head on the Mount Rushmore of Minka, TJ, Cam, and you were supposed to be that fourth. Now guy. Alex Highsmith slides in there and takes yeah, right? over as that number All four. Right. But Sticking with the inside backers, yeah, I think Spillane's the most likely to come back. I think Bush is most definitely out of here. He's not going to get renewed. Um, And and it's an easy break for the Steelers, too. You just don't resign him. There's no cutting that has to be involved. It's just you just kind of let him part ways. Unpack his locker, thank him for his time, and never talk to him again. I'm just kidding. You can talk to him again, but you're not going to be calling him to come back this offseason. At least I'd be very surprised if they did that. Uh, Miles Jack... I think first half of the season, you get a good linebacker. I think he starts to wear down. I think those knees start to become a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. And then I think at the end of the season, you're finding yourself having to play Robert Spillane more than him because his body just can't take the load anymore. And I think that was kind of a knock from him out of you. He was a freak at UCLA. I mean, right. played at both sides of the ball, was like a, a use check kind of H-back on offense and also a great linebacker defensively. I mean, there's a reason why he fell in the draft. For sure. Injury problems undersized. And when he's healthy, I mean, he was really good as a rookie or as a second-year player on that 2017 Jacksonville defense. But He was a problem. I I think with a player like him that has a lot of injury problems and has a lot of knee problems, he's going to shine brightest earliest in his career. Right, when the injuries are more easily tolerable because you're younger— and they're not you're not dealing with them for as long yeah. as your player as your career progresses you're going to be those injuries will linger more and more 
So Matt Williamson knows more about football than you and I ever could ever dream of. Or anyone. The man was a scout for a professional team, for God's sake. His strategy that he was breaking down with Mark on the Mark Madden show about what you would do with inside backer, he lets all three go. All three are gone. Invest a first or second day of free agency signing into a Tremaine Edmonds or some right. of, a premier Levante David, someone, like someone that, that yeah. comes in and is starter day one, no right. questions asked. Edmonds, David, they'd both fit that mold. I think Edmonds is the one that I really circle because the bills right now are $6 million under or over the cap. They have a lot of cap problems in Buffalo. They have Matt Milano, so they already have a pretty good inside linebacker with Edmonds. <clears throat> Any team that's dynastic, and I, I'm not saying they're a dynasty, they have the potential but to be a dynasty. Just, they have the players. You're going to have to mm-hmm. make tough decisions. Look at what the Chiefs had to do with Tyreek Hill just last year. You can't pay all these guys. The Legion of Boom got separated defensively because right. you can't pay all these guys once Russ started to get paid on the offensive side of the ball. So Edmonds is around like $11 million, $12 million on spot track for annual salary. I don't think the Bills can afford that. Pittsburgh can certainly afford that with all the cap space. And that's the big one I circle. Do you also think it's just because the family name that that okay obviously... the family connection? Yeah, but Edmonds is better than our Edmonds. Oh, well, like, 100%. this is an upgrade. Of yes, a brother. yes. Every it's not, other it's brother. Not, it's not like you're looking for a, a, a death piece at cornerback, thinking, "Could I bring in Terrell Edmonds?" Would Every it... other brother has been a lesser version that they brought in. Derek Watt, lesser than TJ. Yeah, Connor Hayward, lesser although than... has a lot of potential, lesser than Cam, and it will never be as good as Cam. This is an upgrade as far as the brother is concerned. So this is one that I would definitely like to see the familial lines continue mm-hmm. to come into the fold for the Steelers' defense. Uh, so that's one I would target. But that's number one. Get a big guy first, second day of free agency to be a starter. Okay. Then draft the linebacker between rounds three and five. Then you have him and Mark Robinson kind of being brought along as a development piece. Then a month into free agency, a month and a half, Go grab that veteran on the cheap that's been stuck out there for a little too long. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you've got three, four new bodies. Mark Robinson doesn't really count as new, but he's going to have a bigger role this year. You have four guys now that, at the very least, are different from the guys you had before. I'm not saying they're guaranteed to be better, although if you go get an Edmonds, I don't see how he can't mm-hmm. be better. But at least it's different. At least you're trying something different. Because this current unit, I mean, they deserve an F. They had, like, one sack, one forced fumble, or they had one sack, no forced fumble, no fumble recoveries, no interceptions, no tackles for loss between all three of them. Mm-hmm. There's no splash from that from that no. unit. So I don't know if they do blow it up all completely. Excuse me. Whoa. I think Spillane might be back, but I, I don't see any reason why Bush or Jack are going to be back. Right. I mean, Honestly, like I understand the logic in bringing back Robert Spillane, but I would have no problem with going with the logic that or the plan that Matt Williamson laid out by saying all three just it's twenty twenty two is your last year with the Steelers. You brought up the the splash play metric of tackles for loss or or quarterback hits or, or sacks or interceptions, and the fact that they all combined for one of those, and it was done by Robert Spillane, who was supposed to be your third guy and ended up being your number one guy. I mean, there's no reason to bring back anyone who played above him. And you shouldn't bring back him either because you just don't want – you don't want to have to rely on a guy like Robert Spillane. But I do I do have a hunch. I have a feeling that he'll be back. I do too. I just – I feel it deep in my loins that, like, I they, just, they really like him. I just have never seen the Steelers say, we're going to 
completely cleanse ourselves well, of an, of an entire position. position. Yeah. They like him a lot, yeah, too. They really like, do. they really are high on Robert Spillane, and we don't get it. We're not paid to get it. We're not paid to make the decisions of who plays plays the most snaps in that unit. They are, and they're determining that Spillane is. Is it a case of it's just the best you got? Do they really believe in this guy? I really hope it's the former and not the latter, but that's another one of these storylines heading into this offseason that we're going to have to follow like a hawk. And, and this is really one of the biggest offseasons, I think, in Steelers. Uh, in recent memory in Steelers history. Well, just because you of what that last sake, year because yeah. of the quarterback thing. Mm-hmm. But now, if I had been armed with hindsight, I think this one coming up is way more important than last year's just because last year you got your quarterback, you added some other nice rookies to your fold, Pickens, Hayward, um, you know, guys that are going to help be a part of this team for years to come. Now it's about filling in around that, you know. Bad teams, they get good players. They just don't know how to color in the coloring book mm-hmm. around them. The Steelers should be able to do that. They are a great franchise, after all. So mm-hmm. they're not going to Lions Matt Stafford here, where they mm-hmm. just you know force George Pickens to retire early because they don't help get any help whatsoever. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't know what you think, and this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. But let's say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Outside linebacker room. Where are you going? I'm giving him an A. Yeah, that's the right right grade. And a lot of it has to do with Alex Highsmith. I mean, that's a lot of heavy lifting being done by the boy. Um, And I can, again, say boy because I am older than him. I'll Uh, say, I'll say. I don't think he, he doesn't look younger than me. That's for damn sure. He looks about 35 years older than I do. Yeah, he's a man. But that boy played his butt off this year. Best season of his career, bar none, mm-hmm. 14 and a half sacks. And he did it when he's right on the edge of getting that new contract. They got to sign him. They got to lock him up long term. You need TJ and him to be running mates for the future now. And I'll say this. Yeah, they still need some help at that edge spot. I'd like to get a third guy in there. But you know TJ Watt's very injury prone. Alex Highsmith is not injury prone. No, and hasn't showed that That's once. a guy that has 14 and a half sacks in a season where most of the year, well, for at least a, exactly half of the year, he was playing without T.J. Watt. So I like kind of having that insurance policy of Alex Highsmith, a guy that we've seen stay healthy mm-hmm. and a guy that we've seen not produce as much without Watt, but still produce with Watt out right. of the lineup. So I think Highsmith deserves that contract. He did a lot of heavy lifting as far as this A grade is concerned. 
But TJ, I mean, the numbers didn't bear out that right. he was great this year, his usual defensive player of the year self. But the impact was undeniable. The team yeah, went you on look a at crazy the record, winning streak when he You came look at back. the record with and without. You yeah. look at you look at the statistics with and without. It's a different defense with him on the field. He just commands so much mm-hmm. of the attention from the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, we have everything else up. You saw it just most recently against Cleveland. Uh, that one play where everyone kind of went to the one side and left Larry O wide open. He just moonwalked into the backfield. But then whiffed on on. Yeah, on but they, it was a play that was a negative play for the right because it was but... like a still like he dumped it off to Kareem Hunt. It was like a three yard loss. loss. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm too like you have to consider uh, with T.J. Watt out that meant there was playing time for for others to fill in that spot. But I'm just going on the grade of of T.J. Watt and and Alex Highsmith here. Whether you want to throw in Malik Reed or anyone else who filled it in that at that position, I'm just going based off of the performance from the top two guys because they were both so good when on the field, if not separate, but especially together. Alex Highsmith had another huge day against the uh, Browns. What do you have? Two sacks, two tackles for loss, another forced fumble thrown in there. I mean, the guy has just been an incredible, an incredible season out of him when. This is what you drafted him for to be the ro- the, the the definitive Robin to TJ's Batman. And as we pointed out in a previous episode from earlier this week, he's already on a better projection in his third year than than uh, Bud Dupree. He had was. more sacks this season, his third season, than Bud did his entire first three seasons combined. Mm-hmm. Not more, the exact same. First three seasons for Bud, fourteen and a half. In his third season, Alex Highsmith had fourteen mm-hmm. and a half sacks. They still need to get a number three guy, though. Yeah, um, for sure. Listen, I know you have a bad taste in your mouth, fans out there, for Melvin Ingram and that whole situation, but you need to go down that path again. Yeah. Like, just because it burned you once, don't be afraid to take that path one more time. Because I mean, he is you, a he is a free agent this year too. Not him. We, we know <laughs> we know what his mental status right. is, but it, just because one veteran got pissy with you with his usage and maybe thought that he was told one thing and was delivered another thing. That doesn't mean that you don't go down that path again because uh, for every Melvin Ingram there is out there, there's a guy that's willing to swallow his pride, recognize where he's at in his career, mm-hmm. and take on a lesser role to help a team win. So I'd still go out. You know, Once free agency do- de- settles down a little bit, the dust settles, grab a vet that's kind of hanging out on the market a little longer than he thought he would be because mm-hmm. you need a number three guy. You need to fill in that piece. For sure. And Malik Reed ain't it. I mean, he. there was a reason why the Denver Broncos – who were really great at defense this year, wanted to get rid of a guy who had a lot of sacks for them the past couple of years. Right. And I think we saw that reason play out when he got to Pittsburgh. In the secondary, start with the safety group. I'm going to give him an A. Yeah, and, totally fair. You know, a lot of that has to do with Minka Fitzpatrick. 20 interceptions for the Steelers this year. Lead the NFL in interceptions as a team. Minka Fitzpatrick, high watermark for interceptions as an individual. Was mm-hmm. tied for the high water mark with Sauce Gardner. Man, Sauce Gardner. A couple good. of people actually. Yeah, Sauce Gardner, Justin Simmons, and Tariq Woolen all had six all interceptions six. this year. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick counts extra though, just because I love. He's just Minka. Three. Yeah, exactly. And how about this? According to Missy Matthews, Minka is the first Steelers player to lead the NFL in interceptions since Mel Blunt in 1975. Wow. So I know he had to share the honors with three other people this year. But still, but still to be at the number one spot for the first time since to, 1975 to as be a Steeler. A Steeler and share any kind of significant milestone or record with Mel Blunt Blunt is a big deal. Yeah, so I'll give him an A, even maybe an A-plus, honestly. 
because you felt that the play of Terrell Edmonds got better. Got better. KZ was a shot in the arm when he came back. KZ was a huge addition, and then you just cap it off. The cherry on top is the play by Minka Fitzpatrick. If the Steelers were in the playoff picture more firmly, like I, they were in the playoff picture till the end of the year, but if they were on the right side of it, got in the playoffs, do you think he's defensive player of the year, or at least in that conversation? I, I mean, I think he could have been in that conversation. Regardless. Even if, yeah, even if they didn't make it. Well, because they... Even in now, with the reality that they didn't make it, I th- I still think he deserves that recognition. I think it's Nick Bosa's award to lose now at this point. He's just been yeah. How about free. that? You remember how we were it kind was of Micah's be- forever, but he's fallen off a yeah. lot lately. I mean, the Cowboys as a whole and Bosa's been unbelievable right. for the night. Yeah, as so. as Micah and that team have kind of both fallen down, Bosa and that team in San Francisco have both been on the rise. But like. Uh- I, I think of Bosa, I think of, of Parsons. It doesn't take me long to name defensive players before I get to Minka. To Minka. When I'm thinking about I agree. The, the most impactful defensive players of the year. Hell, even the, he's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Sauce Gardner's up there for Defensive Player of the Do Year. Do you remember too. a year ago when we were having the conversation throughout, like, oh, he's not making those splash plays like we know Minka can. He's... He's not He's not involved, really. He's not getting to the ball as Yeah, that ended he... up being the fluke. Yeah. That year ended up being the fluke. Last not, year. Not the new norm. Yeah, and now guess what he did in the first game to shut up all those critics? Took a pick six to the house on Joe Burrow. So that, that's, in, in Joe Burrow's that's house. That's a pick six in every season but one, correct, of Minka Fitzpatrick's career? Except for last year. Yeah, like, and and he got that taste out of his mouth, like you said, on the first play from mm-hmm. scrimmage for the defense uh, of the 2020 think season. Yeah, it was the first drive. I go yeah. all 2021 without a pick six. I'm not spending any time without Wasted. one yeah, in right. 2022. So, uh, but uh, you mentioned KZ, you mentioned Edmonds. They need credit for this too because mm-hmm. those are two guys that, you know, with KZ, I think we always were hoping that when he came back, he was going to be a really impactful player. Edmonds was just that guy that you kind of brought back because you need, needed a body, and he was very cheap because no one else wanted him. Now all of a sudden I'm like I I, I don't want to lose either of those two. I want I want these three to be the safeties for the entirety of the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they're healthy, hopefully they don't get suspended like KZ did. Minka missed the game with injury as well. But they've got something really cooking with those three. And the season under their belt with them with some game experience with some film for Austin and Flores if he's still here and and Tomlin to break down in the offseason to really utilize these three as best as possible. I'm very excited about that unit if they can bring them all back together, and I think they should. Yeah, I mean, we talked about kind of having... I mean, think about that parallel between this year and last year when we were saying, oh my gosh, Melvin Ingram alongside Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt. How great will that unit be playing together? Well, we saw what happened, but... DeMonte KZ entering, and don't forget, Tom, I mean, we just gave credit to Minka for leading the league in interceptions this year, at least tied. Wasn't it DeMonte KZ who had that right on his own? What was that, two years ago? Mm-hmm. When he was on the mm-hmm. Falcons, I believe? Mm-hmm. Led the league in interceptions? So you bring in that guy, and knowing him, seeing the season that he's had, he's clearly a lot more comfortable in his role than Melvin Ingram was in his role last year. And that has to make you feel even better just because you think DeMonte Casey's a better player at safety than Mel was at the outside linebacker. So the fact that you got a better player and a guy who's even more comfortable in the role that is assigned to him, 
Absolutely. I mean, this this unit does have a chance to be one of the better safety groups moving forward, assuming they all come back to play because we know Minka's under contract. He just got his. Um, Terrell Edmonds, a contract year, but you expect the Seahawks to say, listen, we brought you back after we were we didn't give you that fifth-year option, but now showing us that you're continuing to improve, I believe the Steelers will make him a favorable offer. It won't be, uh, oh my gosh, the Steelers are at offering this max offer to Terrell Edmonds, but he's going to get an offer that he's going to appreciate. And then it's just all about bringing back DeMonte Casey. Can you find the wiggle room? Can you find the cap space to also bring him back? And I think you will. So the three of them playing together, Tom, really makes you feel comfortable with that safety position. When this time a year ago, when you weren't sure how the Steelers were going to approach the Terrell Evans situation, uh, given that they didn't, uh, they didn't use that fifth-year option on him, the only guy you really had on your team was Minka Fitzpatrick, because I'm not including Trey Norwood in that. You were really uncertain with how is this safety room going to shape out, but now you're in a much better position today than you were a year ago today. And finally, in the secondary, the corners... I Where go C plus on the corner. Okay, I would have gone B minus, but I think C plus. C plus right there for is, me. Yeah. Uh, there's really only one guy in that group that I'm really solid, and that's on, Cam. And that's Cam. Yeah. Cam Sutton has the, Cam's great. He's a number two, a legit number two in the NFL, uh-huh. uh, playing out of position as an uh, as a number one a lot of times this year. Uh, boy, did the Akella Witherspoon experiment really flame out. Yeah. I mean, he had a really nice end of the 2021 season to give a, him a chance in 2022. A decent, like, first two games of the season. Nothing that yeah. was spe- – I mean, Jamar Chase ate them alive in right. the first game of the year, and, and they've had problems with number one receivers. They, they need to get a six-foot-one, long, mm-hmm. can run with these wide receivers, man coverage kind of corner. Stan was on Mark yesterday and brought up a great point, like, he doesn't think that their philosophy is sound in drafting corners. They're still trying to get these heavier, you know, can stop the run, run support corners. And that's just not the league anymore. Yeah, you do need right. to run support if you're a cornerback. But most importantly, you have to be able to run with Jamar Chase. You have to be able to run with Justin Jefferson. You have to have that speed. You have to be able to mm-hmm. neutralize these amazing threats that teams have in the passing game. Steelers haven't had that in forever. Forever. I mean, Joe Hayden, yeah, but... Did you really have Joe Hayden in his prime? No. His prime mm-hmm. years were spent in Cleveland. He was great for you, don't get me wrong. But you didn't you haven't had You had an older guy going up against younger number one receivers. You, for you sure. don't ever remember the the gardener coming in and as a rookie just he's the guy for ten years. Or Daryl Reeves coming in and as a rookie, oh, he's the guy for ten years. Put him out on an island, he's good. Uh they need that guy. If they get if they get that one piece Sutton slides to a two. Wallace is a three. Into a three, they, yeah. They just move like, everybody down I'm glad, one tick, and it's perfect. I'm glad you brought up Wallace because I think Levi Wallace, like, respectively, or had a good season. Like, for what he was assigned to do, given his caliber of talent, he didn't blow it up like like a Keller Witherspoon did. He didn't kind of just fade from existence and and really force the Steelers into a position that they had to go to somebody else, right? He stayed active when he was healthy. So I think bringing in that guy, and I think, Tom, like it's worth pursuing in the first round this year, if not at number 32, right? Yes. Bring in that guy, and then they can really – and if that guy pans out as the guy you just – as you said, you plug in there for 10 years – then that great that group of and that top three really of rookie 
Cam and Levi elevates to a C plus, B minus, maybe to a B, B plus, maybe even an A minus. Yeah, I'll say this with early, early draft feeling for me. I want, in any order, their two first-round picks to be offensive linemen and cornerback. I don't care which one comes mm-hmm. first, but I think you got to use those two positions in your first-round picks. That's I love that I can say first-round picks. You know, I we're just gonna. That's the stance we're gonna have on the Steelers' standard moving forward. We're not gonna do well second-round <laughs> pick, but it's it's the thirty-second overall pick. No, we're calling that a straight-up first-round pick, man. We got two first-round picks right. this year. Oh, absolutely. Use a ta- use a it, is a, on, it is a first-round pick. Use a tackle on one, use a corner on another. Yeah. I think that would be the way that That's I would game go plan. about things. Subscribe right now to the Steelers Weekend Review. It's hosted by Wesley Euler, and it's a recap of the previous game as well as a look at the Steelers' next opponent. Well, I guess that that doesn't really matter right now, but at least subscribe for this week's Weekend Review so you can get the whole season synopsis and wrap-up of the Browns game. New episodes will drop every Tuesday, so go to the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts now, and subscribe to that. Subscribe to all of our great podcasts here on Steelers Nation Radio. That'll do it for the report cards. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to the NFL. It's a Wednesday. Power rankings! For the wild card round. That's coming up next here on the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.